Today on Truths That Transform. The just shall live by faith. Those words which are written across the front of this pulpit. Those words which were to become the birth text of the Protestant Reformation. Religious freedom is at risk in America. Um, it's under assault by political correctness and um, uh, by the secular fascists of our time um, who want to try to impose their own code of conduct on everyone. Welcome to Truths That Transform, a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries. We love to connect with you online, so make sure to find us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube by just searching there for D. James Kennedy Ministries. And also make sure you download our ministry app where you can find all of our programming. Just go into the App Store on your Apple or Android device and search for D. James Kennedy Ministries. As we head towards a national election of great importance next week, we're looking at some of the key issues that Bible-believing Christians need to keep an eye on. As Christians, we believe the hope of the world is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. But our freedom to proclaim that gospel and the full counsel of God is under growing assault in America. On today's program, you'll see some of the ways this key American value is being undermined. And we'll take you into the heart of that gospel as we remember the Reformation that was sparked by Martin Luther 505 years ago this week. And you'll learn how it affects your own life. As we begin, our own Dr. Jerry Newcomb takes a look at religious liberty under attack. On September 23, 2022, in rural Pennsylvania, a Catholic pro-life author and speaker got arrested by a SWAT team, no less, over dubious charges. And why? Because in the past, he once pushed someone at a Planned Parenthood uh, demonstration when the person was yelling and screaming at his 12-year-old boy. A dawn raid, guns drawn, that is reserved for gang members, for people who are armed and dangerous. It's ironic that religious freedom is at risk in America in light of the fact that America was founded basically by Christians and basically for the purpose of providing religious freedom which was then extended to other groups. The risk is that you will have people who do not understand the basis of what this country was founded on. Ronald Reagan said that freedom is always one generation away from extinction. It is up to parents to transmit that to their kids. And, you know, it's also up to schools, hopefully, to transmit that, although we can't always trust the schools to do that. So we don't want to be the generation that fails to transmit that legacy of freedom to the next generation. Some scholars have noted that religious liberty is the linchpin of all other liberties. So notes the Christian son of a lady that was at one time America's best-known atheist. Religious liberty is the first liberty, and people really don't understand the, the struggle uh, against uh, a public expression of faith, which my mother, Madeleine Murray O'Hare, was involved in. 
uh, is actually a struggle against free speech. Uh, religious liberty is the core. If you don't have the, the, the right to practice religious freedom, if you don't have the right to, to publicly state your religious beliefs or to gather people together uh, for your religion or to publish those religious beliefs, then you do not have freedom of speech, you don't have freedom of press, you don't have freedom of assembly. I believe that the number one domestic issue in America is religious liberty and the rights of conscience. The total weight of the culture, the total weight of government, the total weight uh, of it all has come uh, to bear upon our religious liberty. This is our first liberty. I mean, I think it is fair to say that if we are not religiously free, then all the other freedoms in our con that are guaranteed by our Constitution and given to us by God Almighty, then I think they're all insecure as well. Religious liberty, I think, is almost uh, public enemy number one for a great many segments of our society. And that's tragic because this country uh, was founded uh, on the premise uh, that people should enjoy uh, the fullest degree of religious liberty. I mean, that's why our ancestors and those who came before them came over from the old country uh, to be able to live their faith and not only profess it freely. Uh, people now talk about freedom of worship uh, as if religion were something that could be confined to within the four walls of churches, places of worship, or temples, or mosques. The candidates we vote for make a huge difference in terms of preserving religious freedom or chipping it away, or in some cases, tearing it away. In the case of the senatorial candidates we vote for, they impact what kind of judges we get. Religious freedom is at risk in America. Um, it's under assault by political correctness and um, uh, by the secular fascists of our time um, who want to try to impose their own code of conduct on everyone. Uh, that means that um, the, o the only thing that moral relativists cannot, um, cannot countenance are people who believe in moral absolutes. Um, and so uh, they, will, um, they will seek to ostracize and they will seek to penalize and they will seek to prosecute people who b do believe in absolute truth, namely Christians. Um, so you have an assault through the homosexual um, agenda that attempts to normalize and affirm their behavior and to ostracize to the level of the Ku Klux Klan those of us who believe that um, same-sex behavior is immoral and uh, that we should not be affirming it uh, to our children. They're really coming after Christians who hold to a biblical worldview on the family because there is just a certain contingent that wants to say your family is what you can create maybe with your same-sex partner, maybe with your same-sex wife or your same-sex husband, and they can adopt children. And as we see more of these cultural changes taking place through legislation like the Equality Act, especially if it passes all the way through Congress and is signed into law, that's going to be a game changer for the church. And we are just going to have to go back to the basics and say, God taught us what is real. We just can't move away from that. What I always say to Christians is, you know what is true, stay the course. A recent example out of Miami shows how tenuous religious freedom is in modern America. John Labriola was fired from his job with Miami-Dade County because he wrote an opinion piece on his own time as a private citizen for an obscure online publication. 
he was doing a fine job working. Uh, there were no complaints about the, the job he was doing. In his article, he disagreed with the so-called Equality Act because of its promotion of abortion, homosexual marriage, and the transgender agenda. Because he did this, he was ordered to be punished and go through a training program, a reorientation program, where he effectively would have to deny his faith, apologize for his faith, as well as use pronouns with other people that violated his faith as well. When he objected that this training would go against his biblically held views, they fired him. With the help of the Pacific Justice Institute, Labriola is suing the county. No individual should ever have to deny their faith, much less their, their beliefs and, and convictions, as a condition to work for government. That may be fine for communist China. That's not fine for the United States. I believe in America, we are losing our freedom because we as Christians are afraid to speak up. And that's a dangerous. There is no reason for us to be afraid. America and, and American people brought Christ and freedom to people all over the world. It's time for us Americans to bring Christ and freedom back to America because there is no freedom, no, even in America without Christ. It's as if religious freedom in America hangs by a thread. Who we vote for, for all sorts of seats at the national, state, and local level make a huge difference. Is there a big wave of change coming in the polls? The only poll that matters is the poll you pull in the polling booth when you vote for someone. That's the only one that's going to be counted at the end of the day. It's not what the pundits say, it's not what the pollster said, it's not how many people they called, it's how many people voted and who they voted for and how they voted. That's the only poll that matters. The wave is going to be what you decided to be when you walk in that booth and when other Christians like you walk into that booth, if they will vote conservative biblical constitutional values, that will be the wave that everyone will be talking about the morning after the election. When it comes time to vote, do you know how the party platforms compare to God's Word? Our free, downloadable comparison chart of the major party platforms and God's Word is available at djkm.org forward slash platforms compared. This chart topically shows where the Republican and Democrat parties fall on issues of Christian concern such as human life, marriage, religious liberty, border security, and much more. Download your comparison of the parties on key moral issues right away for free at djkm.org forward slash platforms compared. Unfortunately, rabid secularists have dedicated themselves to coercion often working to force Christians to violate their consciences on matters like abortion, same-sex marriage, and so forth. But our religious liberty is a great inheritance left to us by our founding fathers, whose own worldview was born out of the Protestant Reformation and who knew that religion was absolutely indispensable for a free, self-governing people. This clash of worldviews is still ongoing today and even gaining in intensity. Ultimately, it is the clash of two completely different systems of thought, one leading to freedom and the other leading to tyranny. Dr. D. James Kennedy explains in this portion of his message, the Reformation. 
biblical illiteracy has grown enormously in our land today. And there is a desperate need to understand not only the great truths of Scripture, but the great truths of the Christian church history as well. What has brought us to these days? Understanding the times, a very important thing according to Scripture, but alas, how few seem to do so in our day. What is really going on in our world and our nation today? What is happening? Well, those in the know know that there have been two streams of thought that have been flowing since the middle of this millennium. They have been crossing and intersecting and clashing and seeking preeminence in the minds and hearts of men for 500 years. And those are the Reformation and the Renaissance. They go back to two widely divergent sources and produce two widely different outcomes. The Renaissance was a return to the ancient philosophies of the Greeks and the Romans. However, the Renaissance accomplished many good things, especially in art and literature, in sculpture and architecture and many other such things. And yet what students are never told in our public schools is also it carried with it the social, moral, and religious thought of the ancient pagan world. It brought the socialism of Plato's Republic to bear and is partly responsible for the tremendous disasters produced by socialism and its brother communism in the 20th century. It was Greek philosophy that gave rise to humanism, where man replaces God, which has been the prominent religion in the Western world and is so in America today. Moral relativism, the lack of absolutes, and the tremendous tidal wave of immorality that has swept this country is in large measure traceable to the ancient pagan philosophies before Christ. The other stream of the Reformation traces itself not to the wisdom of ancient pagan philosophers, but to the wisdom of God found in Holy Scripture. And that was brought about by a simple monk, Martin Luther. One has led to the dissolute moral lives that we see so prominent in America today, whereas the Reformation has led to an encounter with God, to human eternal salvation, to moral absolutes, and to morality instead of rampant immorality. The just shall live by faith. Those words which Luther had first encountered while he was teaching Romans back at the university. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Those words which are written across the front of this pulpit, those words which were to become the birth text of the Protestant Reformation, what we call the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we are saved by grace through faith, not of works, not of religiosity, not of piety, not of morality, not of commandment keeping, but purely by the grace of God through faith in the atoning blood of Jesus Christ. Luther was a new man. 
And soon the entire university was abuzz with this doctrine which spread not only from there, but soon was to spread throughout Europe. And this got the attention of Rome. They demanded that he come to Rome. And when he finally arrived, there was this gigantic hall containing 5,000 people. Another 15,000 were outside that couldn't get in. There at the front, there was the great throne chair of the Holy Roman Emperor, Charles V of Spain. And all of the other dignitaries were there, and thousands of nobles and barons and princes and electors from all over the Holy Roman Empire. In his humble monk's robes, he was led out. The room became hushed. What was to be one of the greatest and most courageous encounters in the history of the world was about to take place. Question, will you recant? He said those words which have so impressed themselves upon the minds of those who love freedom everywhere. Unless, he began, I am refuted and convicted by the testimony of holy scriptures or by clear arguments therefrom, since I believe neither popes nor councils alone, it being evident that they have often erred and contradicted themselves. I am conquered by the word of God quoted by me, and my conscience is bound by the word of God, and it is not safe but dangerous to do anything against conscience. Therefore, I cannot and I will not recant anything. Pandemonium broke loose. People began to scream and shout, heretic, heretic, burn him, burn him. An ex-voice rose above the crowd saying, you cannot prove it about the popes and the councils. Luther said, I will if you'll give me a chance. And then once more, finally, the shrill voice of Eck cut through the pandemonium and he said, finally, will you recant? The crowd grew silent again. And Luther uttered those famous words, here I stand. I cannot do otherwise. God help me. Amen. And the fate of millions had been decided. The future of the gospel had been decided. The salvation of human souls around the world had been decided. The presence of this church had been decided. Justification by faith the sole authority of the scriptures in religious matters. No need for popes or councils or priests. The priesthood of all believers, every Christian is a priest and has the right and privilege to go immediately to the King of Kings through the intercession of the great high priest, Jesus Christ. And as priests, we not only have that privilege, said Luther, but we have the responsibility of making that gospel known to our neighbors as well. And so the whole world was changed. Lives transformed. Drunkards made sober. 
addicts delivered from the chains of addiction, families redeemed, marriages saved, and the countless blessings of the gospel. It leaped the channel to England and Scotland and across the great pond and the ship of the Mayflower by the pilgrims and the Puritans and led to the establishment of America. The gospel of Jesus Christ had been unearthed and brought to light once more. And countless hundreds of millions of immortal souls have been redeemed as a result. Hi, I'm Jennifer Kennedy Cassidy. I want you to know how grateful we are for you and that we count you as a real friend. Thank you for standing with us to shine Christ's light into the darkness and to bring hope to people across our nation. You are a blessing and you make an incredible difference as you pray and give. And as you just heard from my father, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ brings radical transformation to sinners and ultimately to cultures. That truth had become blurred until Martin Luther rediscovered it at the beginning of the Reformation. And it has again become obscured in our own day. The secular world has pushed God's word aside, viewing it as a threat. Instead, they teach that we are accidental products of chance who are here only to satisfy our own desires. That leads to nothing but despair, and it's why the truth we Christians have to offer is so desperately needed. That's why Pastor Rob Pacienza has written the new book, The Hope of the World, Christian Cultural Engagement in a Secular Age. And we want to send it to you as our thanks for your generous donation when you stand with us to shine the light of truth in a dark world through our television programs, documentary films, print resources, and more. In this book, Pastor Rob will help equip you to engage as a Christian in an increasingly unbelieving world. You'll discover how to gain a biblical, theological understanding of the challenges facing us today, and you'll be encouraged with true examples for living out your Christian faith in every area of life. Dr. Albert Moeller calls this book a timely and truthful call to the church. And if you're able to give a generous donation of $50 or more, we'll send you the book, The Hope of the World, plus a DVD set of messages Christian Citizenship for Today. This set features two classic messages from my father, Dr. D. James Kennedy, and two messages from Reverend Rob Pacienza, who has succeeded my dad as senior pastor at the Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church. These messages will point the way for you to have a vital impact on your culture right now and right where you are. You will find great hope in these messages as you discover the spiritual power that we have to affect our nation and to draw America back to truth. That's Pastor Rob Pacienza's book, The Hope of the World, Christian Cultural Engagement in a Secular Age, and the book plus the four-message DVD set, Christian Citizenship for Today, as thanks for your donation of $50 or more. At a time when Christians are being silenced and marginalized, it's never been more important to have this broadcast voice 
beaming biblical truth and the hope of the gospel across America and around the world. So please, stand alongside us with your support in this crucial work. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 877-962-7677, or go online to djkm.org. This time of year, America gets caught up in the fever of election season, and there's no question that our responsibility to vote is an important one. But on October 31st, we observe something even more important, the anniversary of the beginning of the Reformation. When Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses to the church door in Wittenberg, he touched off the recapturing of the true gospel message that had become obscured. And that message rings just as loudly today. All of our earthly elections affect the here and now, but the gospel message affects our eternity. You see, the German monk, Martin Luther, acutely understood our problem. He and you and I are sinners. We bear the stain of sin, having inherited Adam's sins and having disobeyed God over and over again. Yet God is perfectly holy and just. He can't tolerate sin. He judges our sin with a white, hot, holy passion. So what hope do we have? Luther knew it was useless to try to simply behave better because he could never become righteous enough to satisfy God's standard for his own works. He knew the Bible well, which says, we have all become like one who is unclean and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. In his desperation, Luther read the book of Romans where he rediscovered the good news. For the wages, that is what we're properly owed, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We cannot earn eternal life. We can't even come close. But in Jesus Christ, God offers you and me eternal life as a gift. You see, God sent his son into the world to die on the cross and to pay the penalty of our sins on our behalf. Jesus obeyed his father perfectly in our place and he paid the penalty of our sins in our place. And we can receive that, his perfect righteousness and his payment for our sin as God's free gift just by accepting it. Have you done it? If not, you can do that right now. You can put your faith in Jesus Christ and receive eternal life and be assured that you will spend eternity with him. Just pray with me from your heart right now. Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner and that I deserve only your punishment. But I thank you, Lord, that you so loved me that you sent your son into the world. Lord, I want to receive Jesus. I want to put my trust in him right now for my salvation. I want to turn away from my sins. I want to turn to Jesus and follow him as my Lord. Thank you for this gift. Lord, please help me now to live for Jesus Christ. It's in his name I pray, amen. If you sincerely prayed that prayer from your heart, we have a vital resource we would like to send you at no cost or obligation to you. It's beginning again. Dr. Kennedy's book for new believers to guide you in your relationship with Christ. Contact us to receive a copy today and may God bless you as you do. 
I'm Pastor Rob Pacienza, and I invite you to join us in person at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church in Fort Lauderdale or anytime by live stream at crpc.tv. There you can also find past live streams as well as a wealth of biblical teaching. Thank you for being with us. And here's a look at the next Truths That Transformed. Well, elections matter. Elections have consequences. And I think we certainly saw that in the 2020 presidential race. Uh, the, the numbers are out there uh, that clearly um, show Christians did not get out and vote. That's next week. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.